Please sit down. For every day I have on earth is given by the king. So that really sort of sets the scene for um, our thoughts this morning and hopefully they can be slightly more coherent than they were as I was trying to explain to the children more or less what we were going to be talking about. But um, this, uh, this issue of, 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 of gifts really is in a, in a strange sort of way it seems to be to have caused an awful lot of trouble in the life of God's people one way or another. Uh, that the receiving of gifts is sometimes taken as a, a, a sort of a sign of, of, of some sort of goodness on our part. When the fact of the matter is, that's pretty impossible to do. If you think about our goodness, well, hang on, think about your goodness, I'll think about my goodness. And usually when we do that, we see that there's not a lot of it that's particularly good. So if God gives us things, how can that possibly be a sign of some sort of goodness about us? No, it's very much a sign of something that is about him rather than about us. But even so, since uh, pretty much the time of the Corinthian church, if you read Paul's letter to the Corinthians, you see that the gifts that were given to them, they messed about with quite majorly. Uh, and didn't quite realise what God was about when he was giving them gifts. Giving them abilities, giving them abilities that seem to be built into them. You know, our ability sometimes that we sometimes call a talent. But also those spontaneous abilities that God does give sometimes of, of, of knowledge, of wisdom, of healing. That, that really make the difference in a sense or rather introduce us to another dimension of what God is really like. That he is a loving God who is supernatural in what he does. So we're going to look at two things, really. Firstly, I want to look at what have we got? What have we been given in the first place? And then secondly, well, how do we go about using it? Which seems to be a fairly good idea. What have we got? Paul is very clear at the beginning when he says at the beginning of that chapter, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. He starts by reminding them that they've been given an experience of God's mercy. That they've been given a touch from God, if you like. That they've been given something which means their sins have been forgiven. That they've been adopted into God's family. That they are called to now be part of the kingdom of God that is coming, that's going to transform the world. Now that's a pretty good gift, isn't it, really? That encompasses virtually everything. That's riches beyond comparison, if you like, because it leaps off into eternity. It's not just for the here and now. It starts here and moves into eternity. And it's important that we start with that awareness of what gifts are all about. Because it's not just about particular abilities or things of that sort. It is about this huge experience of what God has done. But second to that, he's also given us a call to be something for him. That the gifts that we've been given, what we are as people and what supernaturally he gives to us, are meant to be used in the service of a particular call, which is to serve the world as he has served. Do you remember what Jesus said? Love as I have loved you, that the world might know that I have come. That's our calling as Christian people. And what he's built into us, it enables us to do that. 
It's important to realise that whatever we have in terms of giftedness, whether it's the structural things built into us or whether it's the, the, the spontaneous gifts that are given like tongues or, 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 or what have you, these are not hierarchical things. They're not given, as it were, to show that you or I are better than someone else or somebody else. They are varied. Paul speaks of how varied they are. We'll look at that in a moment. And their variation... Therefore, because they're so varied, there cannot be a comparison, as it were. They're not meant to be compared. It's not meant to, the musician is not meant to be compared with the technician or the preacher or whatever, as though there's some sort of hierarchy in it. That's not true. Well, well, the musician's always at the top, we know that. But I mean, because otherwise we wouldn't get anywhere, would we, really? Now, come on, let's be fair. There's no hierarchy in the gifts that God has given. Because essentially, they, they are meant to be operated in faith. Paul speaks about, you know, if, if your gift is prophesied, do it in a proportion to your faith. They arise out of a dependency on God. They're not things that we, we do in our own strength. They have no real value unless they arise out of that, that, that awareness of what God is about. You've, you've probably heard the, the, the story of, of the person going amongst some stonemasons uh, and and says to one man, what are you doing? And he says, well, I'm, I'm banging this bit of stone. And he says to another man, what are you doing? And he says, well, I'm, I'm trying to shape this stone into something that looks good. And he goes to a third man and says, and what are you doing? He says, I'm building a cathedral. I'm building something for God. I'm doing this for God. That's gifts operating out of faith, not just the mundane things that we do. Indeed, anything mundane, if done as an offering to God, becomes a gift of grace. It becomes something very special. Because all of this comes from God's grace, God's givingness. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. God's grace is really grace is the givingness of God, isn't it? The givingness of God. And in fact, the, the Greek word for gift is based on the Greek word for grace. So it all flows through in that one way. These are not things that we expect or demand. These are things that we are overwhelmingly granted as, as good things that we should have that bless us, that we may bless others. That's what we've been given. And it's a huge amount, isn't it, really? I mean, it's getting cold in here, so I won't go on too long. But these are fantastic things. Think about them. Dwell on them. Look at what you've been given by God. And all of you have been given something. In fact, all of you have been given a mix of gifts. There's no person with no gift in the church of God. If you think that, sorry, you're wrong. Think again. Because you've, you've got some abilities as a person. You can pray. You can receive, therefore, wisdom and insight for people. You are a person with a mixture of gifts that you can use for the sake of God's kingdom. Please remember that. And please look out for that. Please look out for that. You know, sometimes when you have that, you, you're walking down the street and you get a sudden picture come into your mind of somebody that you know, maybe that's a prompt from God to pray for them. That's a gift. Do it. Or maybe if you're talking to someone and they're telling you about a problem that they've got and you suddenly think, well, maybe if they did this, it would help. Maybe that's a gift from God to help them. Don't just tell them what to do, but you might introduce some ideas of what might help. Because that's how God works. Please don't ever think you cannot be moved by God to help someone or be directed by God to do something. 
because you can. And that takes us to our second thing. How do we handle all this then? How do we do it? Well, firstly, with passion and diligence. Did you notice how Paul goes on when he lists all those gifts? We have different gifts according to the grace there is again given to us. If your gift is prophesied, prophesy according to your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraged, then give encouragement. If it's giving generously, if it's to lead diligently, if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. All of those are words that, to me, energise what he's saying there, don't they? He's not just talking about, you know, oh, cheer up, you know. But if you're going to show mercy to someone, do it really cheerfully. If you're going to give to someone, don't be penny-pinching. Actually lash out a bit, splash out a bit with what you can give. Because in that, you're showing the generosity of God. You're using that gift you've been given to the fullest possible extent that you can. Do it with a bit of passion. I sometimes despair of the church in England that we do seem to lack a little bit of oomph at times, you know. We're so, the, we're, us English are so good, us British, sorry, us British are so good at being apologetic about everything that we sometimes forget there are good things around. And we can be passionate about the things that God has given to us, the things that God has done for us, the, the beautiful people that we spend our time with. You know, the... the Be happy, be glad about that. That's important. So if we look at those different gifts, did you notice as I went through that list again, there really is something for everyone in there. Because at the very very least, we're able to give. And at the very least, we're able to be merciful. We're able to be people who can can show kindness. That's what really that, that word means. All of us can do that. There is something truly for everyone. But Paul is equally clear that these gifts need to be used with a a level of humility and self-awareness that isn't always there. If you think of the example of the church at Corinth I mentioned earlier on, they'd exalted certain gifts above others. The, the, The gifts that were showy, like preaching, okay? The showy gifts. And they thought these were really the most important thing and they despised, they looked down on people who didn't have them. Paul has to say that's complete and utter nonsense. At the end of the day, a gift doesn't say anything about the person who's received it. It says everything about the person who gives it. God gives good things, he is good. It says nothing about me or you about what we're given. But what does say something about us is how we use them, how we handle them. And if we handle them with pride, we're showing that we've missed what God is really all about for us. If we handle them understanding ourselves, recognising maybe sometimes the dangers that there are in in using a gift that we've got and are careful about how we do it and are sensitive as we speak with people. And if we recognise at once that as as we've seen, the gifts come from God, not, not from us. Therefore, we use a certain level of humility about it. We don't think that it makes us bigger or us better. We simply recall that we simply recall that we are ordinary people with an extraordinary God. We, we sang "Amazing Grace," uh, and, which was, as you know, written by John Newton, and and it is said that towards the end of John Newton's life, he began to suffer from dementia, and on, on at least one occasion, he got into the pulpit and, and and couldn't remember what he was supposed to say, and people had to gently lead him away. But towards the end of his life, he said he'd forgotten lots of things, but he knew two things. 
I am a great sinner, but I have a great saviour. Those are the things he remembered. I am a great sinner, but I have a great saviour. And really that's the right balance, isn't it? In a sense, in terms of who we are, where we are in response to God. And you might not be surprised to know that these gifts are meant to be used with love, as we were told so clearly uh, earlier on. It really is the only way to do anything for God, isn't it, if you think about it? To do it as an expression of givingness, of care, of compassion, of, of just simply wanting to bring good to people. And actually even more than that, to bring some joy as well to people's lives. That's... Uh, what does it say? Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. The Bible speaks so often of joy as something that should characterise us. And actually, <clears throat> when you think about it, when it's in the area of gifts, as we give a gift, hopefully, that will bring joy. At my birthday, I was quite happy with all the things I was given, even the ones that were a slight hint to me about trying to do a bit more work around the house. You know, well, you know, that's what wives are for. But... It was a joy to receive them. It was a joy to get Becky's cake and to eat it and so on. It's joyful when gifts are given. Sometimes, once again, I think we're a little bit po-faced about what we do sometimes as Christian people and forget that there is joy in God, true joy in God. Because as we do that, we're, we're giving evidence of the kingdom that is coming, of how God wants life to be. God... God is a God of love and of joy and of overwhelming, exuberant care for people. And that's the way he wants us to seek to be because that's the way his kingdom is. But Paul also says, be patient in prayer. And maybe this is a key thing in a sense because so often the exciting things are not for all the time. But patience is for all the time. You and I know that Christian life is not always a bed of roses, or at least it is because there are thorns on roses. In other words, that sometimes it's a bit hard. Sometimes it's very hard when perhaps we're facing some illness of, of, of somebody close to us that, that's serious. It's hard to hold on to God like that. But that's when being patient in prayer actually really matters, where we simply keep recalling God is loving and caring, even though the circumstances may look otherwise at the moment. And we keep engaging with him. Because that's what prayer ultimately is. Prayer is not what we did earlier on. Well, it is what we did earlier on when we prayed for the world. That is prayer. But that's intercessory prayer. And that's good. But what prayer at its base is, is simply communicating with God. It's conversing with him. In the same way that you will converse with those close to you, that we'll converse later outside when we'll ask how the coffee is and all the rest of it. When we communicate with one another and interact that is our praying together in, with each other. And prayer with God is doing that same thing, communicating with him. Recognising that he's with us at every moment of the day. Recognising that when we go to work, he's going to be there ahead of us and he's going to be caring about the people there and he might give us insights into how we can do that for them. That when we go shopping, that he's around in Sainsbury's or Tesco's or Waitrose, depending on how posh you are, wherever you are. And he's there and he's concerned about what's going on there. And so that when you talk to the person on the checkout and you smile at them, you're brightening their day for God because God wants that to happen. Do you see what I'm driving at here? Every moment of every day, God is with us and is loving us and is helping us to share that love 
with other people. We have to be patient in doing that. We have to keep on doing that. We have to recognise, we actually, I think, have to recognise we need to grow in being like that. In one sense, it's not just natural. Earlier on, Paul spoke about don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Christ Jesus. It's very easy to get caught up in, in what the world is concerned about and its unhappiness and its gloom and its despondency and all the rest of it, of which there is a lot about, isn't there, at the moment? It's not just the weather. We're called to try and be people who bring a light. Christ is the light of the world. We often think of that. And we're asked to bring that light in how we are, how we share, how we shine. And that happens most when we're being patient, patient in prayer. Here's a picture to finish with, as it were. It's, um, it's a Christmas tree. Why am I showing this when it is not Christmas? Well, it's a sort of a bit of a parable, really and truly. Here is a tree adorned with all sorts of lovely, wonderful things. And they're good. They are good. Gifts are good. But what do the gifts tell you about the tree? Well, nothing, really. It's just a prop for them. It's just holding things. It, it, it didn't grow those things. It didn't produce those things. They've been placed there by someone else to pass on to somebody else. What really shows you what a tree is like is the fruit it produces. You know, apples from apples trees, pears from pear trees. I'm not quite sure what comes off of Norwegian spruces, but I presume it's pine cones or something like that. That's their fruit, as it were. Uh, And if any of you are biologists, I know they're not fruit. Um, This is the trouble of being around anywhere near Cambridge. You say anything slightly off and you bet your life there's someone in the congregation who knows more about it. And I know they're not fruit on pine trees. All right, they're gymnosperms. Okay. <laughs> I won't go any further with that one. Um, but the point is, the gifts that we have and are given, they're put on us to pass on. They don't say anything about us. What says something about us is the fruit that our lives actually produce. And Paul speaks about that elsewhere in love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And there's another one that I always forget, kindness. Those are the sorts of things that really matter. And those are the things that come out of us as God gets into us. And he's really wanting always to do that for us. To really wrap himself around us, to wrap us around himself, that he might live through us. I want to finish... With this, it's a blessing, really. This I came across it and really liked it so much. I came across it on a website like you do these days. But it, it just spoke to me and saying to me what I, I, what I, I need, I want God to say to me, as it were. Uh, and I thought it might be worth us, as we just sort of look at it, that we might say it to one another in just a minute as a, as a gift to each other, uh, as something we can pass on. Uh, even though it might be difficult to see it. <laughs> Hopefully you'll be able to. But it's, it's simply asking that those things that really come from within us might be there, the gentleness, the kindness, the faithfulness, the wisdom and so on. But it reminds us that these are the things that God, God gives to us. So let's just think, just, just for a moment, think of what God has been doing with you and for you in this past week. Think of what might lie ahead of you what lie ahead of us in this coming week, the places we've got to go to, the people we're going to meet, the decisions we may have to make, and also that 
big area of unexpected things that we don't actually know much about, but we know are going to be there because that's what life is like. And being mindful of what God gives to us to be used for his glory and for the help and blessing of others, and the fact he's given all of us things like that to be used in humility. Let's uh, say this as we say it to one another. Go peaceful in gentleness through the violence of these days. Give freely, show tenderness in all your ways. Through darkness, in troubled times, let holiness be your aim. Seek wisdom, let faithfulness burn like a flame. God speed you, God lead you, and keep you wrapped around his heart. May you be known by love. Be righteous, speak truthfully in a world of greed and lies. Show kindness, see everyone through heaven's eyes. God hold you, enfold you, and keep you wrapped around his heart. May you be known by love. Amen. If you want to, and if you think it might be helpful, I've got some copies of that uh, on this uh, sort of a, on, on, on a bookmark. If you'd like one, just to take away with you and, and have it in front of you and just remind you uh, of, of how God is blessing you, by all means, come and pick one up on your way to coffee. But we're going to sing our last song together, which takes up all of the themes, really, that we've been thinking about. Brother, sister, let me serve you. So we'll stand and sing together. And so may God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and that that may be so let's pray for one another in the words of the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.